With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jazz here, and I am so digging the GeekCast Radio Network. Greetings, humans. This is Starscream, and you're listening to ToyCast. And if any of you call me a partsformer, one more time! Now, Toycast, oh yes, listening to the only toy podcast you will ever need. Hello and welcome to an all new generation of Toycast as we get the origins of any and all toy fans that we can. I'm of course TF2 and Mike. Today's special guest is someone who is hailing from the great white north. It is Mr. Ryan the Uneven Flow Merkley. Hello, sir. Hello. And this is your first time on ToyCast, I believe. I don't believe I've had you on before. That show is but okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because I, I recently a lot of stuff. Oh, no, I know that. But so for you, so you can the listeners already know the history. Uh, buddy of mine that I started the show with, Optimus Scourge, had passed away about eleven years ago. And I only kept it going till about 2014, and then I was just like, yeah, no, it doesn't, it's not, I, I don't want to do this anymore. So I, I shelved ToyCast for seven years. And then last year, I ran into a couple of friends online and whatever else, and they're like, oh, we should do this, we should do that. And I'm like, oh, well, I already have a built-in audience for it, let's bring the show back. And since I had already brought the origins to the pullback and everything else for the last eight years or so, I'm like, oh, how can we you know, translate that into toy collecting and we end up with the answer to everything because uh, this episode is 142 and there are 42 questions all about toy collecting. So, nice. yeah. Works out yeah. well. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all right. What is or was the first toy you remember having as a kid? What is a toy? Oh. Um, <laughs> gosh. The first ones, I mean, Transformers are the first ones I remember, and most mm-hmm. of them were inherited from my brother, who is six years older than I am. So he would have been 
uh, around nine or so, whenever I first remember like Transformers and the like. Uh, for the first ones that are mine or that were mine personally, uh, that I remember at least anyway, would definitely be the junior headmasters. And it's one of the reasons why I had such affection for Nightbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think the, I almost called them senior headmasters, the actual sort of headmaster line, the initial one, uh, right. had hardhead and highbrow, but I'm fairly certain they were my brothers. And so the first ones I remember that were mine were Nightbeat and then Hosehead of the juniors, the smaller headmasters. Mm. And yeah, uh, and then, yeah, Nightbeat would eventually show up in the Marvel comics where they yep. actually sort of used him, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, those are the first ones I remember. Uh, obviously, oh God, I had a number of different things. Uh, He-Man, but that was mostly my brothers because we're talking, you know, same era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other big one we had a lot of was, I'm drawing blank now. We had a lot of He-Man, a lot of Transformers. Those are the main two. Oh, geez. Yeah. And these were all mine. Uh, Ninja Turtles. Of course. TMNT. The other one that was mine that I had a lot of too. (laughs) And I still have affection for this line, even though it's basically a trivia question, but Dino Riders. (laughs) I See, loved I, them because I loved dinosaurs as a kid and the dinosaurs yeah. themselves, mm-hmm. those molds are so good. They're still being used today by actual museums and the like to make <laughs> merchandise. You can still find like a lot of the Dino Rider molds around. It's yeah, it's just amusing to me that that's what caught on or that's what has sold all this time. And somehow uh, Dan Larson talks about it on Toy Galaxy but a lot of people have over the years, like, how did that fail? You've got dinosaurs, you've yeah. got laser guns. It was an expensive TV show. It kind of had, they had comic books. It kind of had everything. And somehow it just failed miserably, frankly. Well, <laughs> it's I, really sad. Yeah, it is very sad. And I also think that things that are, and we've seen how this has, how this has happened over the years, Things that are that expensive to produce or to make or to like uh, name a TV show or a cartoon that, well, look at look at Sunbow, look at Transformers, look at this, look at that, look at all the animation. Like, yes, the first two seasons were amazing animation. Third season was okay, but by the time we got to Rebirth, they went to you know, whatever, you know what I mean? But we talked about it when we recorded a show for another one of your podcasts, but Mm -hmm. X-Men, the animated series. Yeah. Oh yeah. Season five. The last season, the, the, Hey, let's just, (laughs) that was some bad animation. It was not good. That's one of my favorite examples of it. Cause you could tell that they just dropped off even Ninja Turtles, which those initial episodes, which were essentially a mini series were so well animated and the normal series, the animation's not bad, but Oh, it was such a drop off. But yeah, Dino Riders, uh, it still breaks my heart because they were good figures. And I mean, you compare the early ones, 
mm-hmm. for the early figures for Dino Riders to say the early Transformers. Uh, right. It's not much of a comparison. I mean, the no. first first wave of G1 special place in my heart. Some of the figures are amazing. I mean, Soundwave is still one of the best versions of it. Yeah, Soundwave and Blaster both. Yeah, X number of years later, and even Optimus Prime is great. I mean, you have yeah. the repair bay slash trailer slash roller, everything else, and like that was a great figure. But then you you know you've got Ironhide and Ratchet and. Yeah. He's not so good, but yeah, yeah Dino no. Riders, another one I remember well. But yeah, for me, I mean, Transformers—that's probably part, a large part of my attachment for them. Mm. Yeah, I always, I, you always had at least for me, there was always a decision to make. Like you, you have two things. What are you going to decide to do, kind of thing? And I never had to make a choice between He-Man or Transformers or Turtles because. By the time I like I was five when I was three when He Man started I was four when Transformers started and I was seven when Turtles started so I was like right in that equal age of okay He Man's over I move over to this okay Transformers is ended I move over to this but be- but with Dino Riders I had a choice between those or Dino Saucers and I liked the Dino Saucers cartoon much more than the Dino Riders. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something uh, I'm sure you'll get into with one of the questions eventually, but I never lost the love for Transformers. I never fell out of it. Yeah, I was still interested when Generation 2 came out with the yeah. ugly neon color uh, and the horrendous cube effect mm-hmm. on the... Mm-hmm cartoon show which was still just the same cartoon show i watched when i was yeah you know before obviously yeah but when beast wars came out i was all about that even though i didn't know there were toys or anything yeah because i lived out in the sticks uh Mm -hmm. and so i don't know if it just didn't catch on in the medium-sized cities near me but like beast wars I loved the show. I was always eager to watch that, and it kept getting better and better. Then I moved out of the sticks, <laughs> and internet and things like that were invented. My favorite was finding out on the internet that Transformers was huge, mm-hmm. that I wasn't the only one that still thought about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I still like, remember this, like, realizing that. Yeah, there was this whole community of people that at the time, I'm sure there were plenty of people who were like the people of today where it's like, oh, no, you can't. It's G1 only. Oh, my God. That was Beast Wars. Like, there were well, plenty was, of yeah, that morons. Was back then, trust me. Was it really? I see. I never had that experience. But uh, anyway. The truck, not monkey threads. Oh, yes. Alt.toys.transformers are epic. Oh, God. Was there a particular adult who was supportive of you playing with toys as a kid? Was there anyone? No. (laughs) Next question. No. No, there's nobody remotely support. They were not about that. They disliked my enjoyment of video games. So the other part of the question before you interrupted was, was there Uh anyone who was unsupportive? (laughs) Yeah, everybody there. Really? Oh, yeah. And I mean, like I hid remembering that uh, and this would be fun to me if you're talking to somebody younger. uh, I'm 41. I'm an old Mm -hmm. man now. 
but if you're talking to somebody younger, I think it'd be a lot different. But when I grew up, uh, all this stuff was not remotely cool, especially once you get past like eight. You know, it was comics, video games, toys, all that stuff is not cool. It was not in in my like local area. You had to love hockey, which was another problem because I latched on to football big time. I always liked football more than hockey. I was just destined to not be cool when I was younger. And I and I tried to be into the things that were cool or hot. Like I would try to listen to New Kids on the Block. I would I would try to watch Toronto Maple Leafs games and all this other stuff and I just didn't care. I was spent too much time trying to be something I wasn't. Now, when you say football, you're talking about NFL stuff. You're not talking about soccer, right? I will never be talking about soccer. <laughs> okay, so yeah, good. Okay, good. Football. Yeah, that's no. I'm, I'm kidding. About. If you enjoy soccer, enjoy it. Well, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah no, I was, uh, no. And I it's meant. it's so funny you mention all of that because I was the exact opposite. Like I was in like coming from Boston. If you didn't. You were born into the sports in Boston between MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA. You bled all of those, you know, those teams. And the same thing with, you know, with new kids because they were from Boston. It was like, oh, I remember I had like two, two different new kids on the block shirts at one point or another. And for me, what you're talking about, about things being uncool by a certain age. I would say around 11 or 12 for me. So 91, 92, kind of at the Simpsons height when that started and whatever hmm. was when it kind of like was. So I was in a hick town. You have to understand <laughs> that too. So stuff that was so musically, the stuff I liked was I liked stuff like Public Enemy, NWA, uh, and Heavy D and stuff like that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't remotely popular. What was popular in the area was either A, what was ultra popular in mainstream stuff, so pop music. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned like New Kids on the Block and stuff yep. like that. Or B is country music and stuff like that. Like I was in the sticks. I was in Hazard County. Um, wow. And... So, yeah, none of the stuff I liked was even like remotely popular or likable. <laughs> I did dabble in some of the stuff that was popular. Uh, Ace of Base, The Sign, you know, still fantastic. Oh, God. It's a great album. No, anyway, but not a lot of it. So. Oh, 90s pop. Oh, my God. Uh, so what what types of toys were your favorites to play with? So action figures, vehicles, play sets, like that kind of stuff. What types of toys were your favorites to play with? Got to be the stuff that is essentially vehicles slash action figures. So Mm -hmm. the Transformers obviously are a little bit of both, right? Yep. Uh, I liked Mask. Uh, I liked Mm -hmm. that a lot in the later years and stuff. Again, that's basically a little bit of both. Yep. Um. I did enjoy He-Man, and those were kind of the play sets, that kind of thing. We had uh, Castle Grayskull. Never had Snake Mountain. 
I had Snake Mountain for about a year, I think, and then I don't remember what happened to it because I remember playing with that microphone all the time. <laughs> well, that's probably what happened to it. Somebody got sick of it. And they, and anyway, <laughs> that's um, yeah, that's probably true. So yeah, I probably lean towards the action figures and stuff, and I probably not probably I definitely still do. Yeah. Was there a particular toy from your childhood that really stood out more than the others? Nightbeat is one because it was mine. Uh, I deeply regret selling all my old G1 Transformers. Mm -hmm. In a weird coincidence, I, decades later, bought back some of the ones that were mine. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know it at the time. (laughs) It was when I got them home and I looked at everything, I just realized, like, hey, wait. I mean, it's possible that, you know, somebody chipped one of their MicroMasters in the exact same place that I did as a kid, but uh, I doubt it. But, yeah, I think uh, the Headmasters in general, which is probably part of my affinity for them, mm-hmm. uh, those are ones... That's probably it. I don't hold an awful lot of nostalgia, believe it or not. Like, Transformers and my love for them wouldn't have been sustained if it wasn't good. In terms yeah. of... the, There's a reason those characters have lasted so long, right? Mm-hmm. I mentioned it, you know, again, when we recorded. But there's been nearly 40 years of Optimus mm. Prime now. If mm-hmm. Optimus Prime wasn't a good character, there's <laughs> no way he sticks around that time. You know, there's no way that anyone cares about Darth Vader if he's a crappy villain 30 years later, you know? So, yep. yeah, there's a reason that they've hung around. So I am on the amazing TFWiki.net, and I'm looking at Nightbeat's toys, and Nightbeat with Muzzle, Headmaster, 1988. Uh, yeah. No, 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 I'm... I'm I'm just saying. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, "Oh, that's really cool." And then I look at, and and then I look at the caption under the main. Im- look, they they have an image of Nightbeat in his vehicle in robot mode, with uh, muzzle next to him. The caption, too cool for play school. Yeah, <laughs> cool toy. <laughs> it's a cool toy. It wasn't a great toy. Um, yeah. He envisions a lot of what wasn't great about a lot of the G1 stuff in that his legs don't move at all. There's no, no visibility. Yeah. The arms can move up and down just at essentially a bald shoulder joint, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, nothing else moved. And what's funny is I have purchased every version of Nightbeat since. Mm-hmm. The, I would argue, the best one, until what I'll get to momentarily, was probably a recolor of Energon Hotshot that came from the Fun Pub fan club. You can actually see it as part of the timeline. One yeah, because I was, yeah, to 2008. I was. Ni- I don't hate it, but I don't know the. So that's the other problem. Every other Nightbeat has been a recolor of somebody or a redesign. And anyway, Nightbeat was a retool of... Hotshot. 
yeah, that night beat was, and then there's a generations night beat, which would be yeah. the next mm-hmm. one. Yeah, and he was a retool of jazz and mm-hmm. kind of a retool of a bumblebee version. Yeah, the thrilling thirty it, bumblebee. Yeah. They eventually switched over to the Bumblebee, but initially, I feel like the Jazz might have worked better, but whatever, they switched <laughs> to Bumblebee. And then, yeah, that was that's basically it for actual Nightbeat ones. The tiny head and stuff doesn't count. Uh, and then I had to finally buy a third-party Nightbeat to <laughs> get a good one all these years, so... Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm looking at this stuff, the stuff that TF Wiki has listed, and I'm like, poor Nightbeat. Yeah, how has to be how fair, has, the original Nightbeat isn't who he was. He's actually, uh, I keep wanting to say Athena. No, it's Minerva. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the Japanese version. Minerva was female, the first mm-hmm. released female Transformer. But that was in Japan when they brought the Minerva character over, they switched it to male and yeah, we got Nightbeat instead for whatever reason. Cause yeah. I guess because G1 just could not release any female transformers. Cause obviously RC wouldn't get one until decades later. <laughs> but yeah, Nightbeat hasn't had great luck with figures and at some point, I'm sure you're going to ask what my favorite figure is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had to go third party for a lot of figures. And that's going to be part of the discussion. It's because funny I, because I seem to like yeah. obscure enough characters that they just can't get. Although, though, anyway, one of them will end up talking yeah. about had, yeah. had a billion characters. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it's you know we've we've worked together for years now on on the comic stuff with the pull bag and whatever else and every time I read anything that Nightbeat says for some odd reason I always hear it in your voice and I'm looking at his oh you poor soul hearing, his, my, hearing anyone speak in my voice stop it voice. stop it uh, you know I, I see the quote here on TF Wiki from Omega's conundrum for me it's all about the details look closely at something and it'll make sense if it doesn't look closer. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty accurate to me, yeah. <laughs> Thanks to More Than Meets the Eye, I now hear Idris Elba. <laughs> ah, wow, yeah. What? I mean, he's got a great voice, too. Oh, yeah. No, it, I'm, but, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm agreeing. That, of course, is a reference to, in More Than Meets the Eye, his hollow avatar is, yeah. is yeah, bears amazing resemblance to Idris Elba. Yeah, it's very cool. Do you prefer the label of action figures, dolls, toys, or other labels? Don't care. I mean, I wouldn't say dolls is accurate. I think dolls is a subsection of them. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, like, they're all action figures, really. Like, if you have a doll and you're playing with it, you're still making it do actions, I guess. Like, I don't know. True. And they're all toys. It doesn't bother me or anything anymore. I mentioned it before, it probably used to. There was probably a time when I said, like, no, this isn't a comic book, it's a trade paperback. <laughs> when it's I a, cared it's about a any of that stuff. novel, yeah. 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 Yeah, I eventually got old enough and I was like, yeah, I don't care if people... <laughs> yeah. If people look down on me on what I like, that's yeah. their problem. 
Yeah, exactly. If yeah, for me, it's a toy or it's action figure. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think I definitely used to care. That is a. I probably yeah. said like, I probably well, I, said action figure or no, no, it's a collectible. <laughs> that only applies to Funko now. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Good guys or bad guys? Which were your favorites to play with the most? As a kid, good guys. Growing older, getting older, I had more of an appreciation than some of the other ones. Like Shockwave, Soundwave became sort of favorites. Yeah. What is or was your favorite toy vehicle or playset as a kid? As a kid, playset, uh, th- oh, Thunder Mountain, which is from Mask. I believe you it's mean, Thunder Mountain. You mean Boulder Hill? Boulder Hill. Dang. Mm. Yes. Boulder Hill from Mask. Yep. Um, oh, favorite vehicle or toy? God, G1 Soundwave was fantastic. He's technically not a vehicle, though. That's true, I guess. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, unless they're going to put wheels on him somewhere. I guess. Uh, vehicle, then Optimus Prime. I mean, Damn. I played with that G1 thing so much, it wore out some of the joints and everything. Yeah. Did you and your friends ever pretend with your toys that you had? By this, I mean, did you say, I'm going to be this toy and you can be that toy? Like, you know, Ryan, you can be the piece of glass and I'll be the Coke bottle top or something. No, that stuff uh, happened. That was a schoolyard thing. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was so schoolyard stuff for me as well. What features define a good toy to you? How true does the item feel in comparison to the source material likeness? I grew up with G1 and that era, so if it wasn't accurate, it didn't bother me. You know, mm-hmm. it's let's be honest, a lot of those Generation 1 toys just really didn't look like their cartoon counterpart. Some of them did, but a lot of them didn't. And it never bothered me. It was always about the imagination, that kind of thing. Now that I'm older, the biggest thing for me is probably some type of posability. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be able to make it look cool. Yeah, I think the difference is when we were growing up, you know, four or five, six years old in the mid 80s, we were watching Bumblebee and Spike on TV. And Bumblebee was like, even though he was the smallest bot amongst the Autobots, at least in the beginning, at least in the, you know, the early, you know, there would be other smaller bots later. But, you know, you look at him and, you know, next to Spike and Spike is a human like us and Bumblebee is gigantic. And then you look at Bumblebee's, you know, it wasn't a MicroMaster. What was it? It was Minibot. Minibot. Thank you. Uh, you know, you look at the Bumblebee toy and all of the Generation 1 Bumblebee slash Goldbug stuff, and it's like, this thing fits in between my thumb and forefinger. There's something wrong here. <laughs> well, yeah, scale was never the strong point. Like, well, Metro, right. Metroplex was not city-sized and for the other figures, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's there's been. that. Yeah. What does toy packaging have to have to draw you in? So you go into a toy store or wherever. Okay, well. No, I'm serious. That's about it. I don't (laughs) care about the packaging. So 
One of the things, too, and again, this probably goes into why I like the sort of action figures and that sort of stuff. It's just a box if I buy it and leave it in, which it, uh-huh. so I generally don't do that. Okay. So, I mean, I don't care about the packaging. You know, it's it's what's in it. Hmm. It doesn't make a difference to me. So, you know, I'm sitting with Highbrow beside mm-hmm. me from the G1 packaging and the G1 packaging is neat. Yeah. Uh this is the recent sort of re-release. Right. Uh, and it's Titan Master Highbrow that's inside slash Headmaster recent. Anyway. And it's a neat touch and I like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm still going to take them out. It's <laughs> Well, uh, I guess I guess you answered the next question then. Uh-oh. Do you open your toys or do you leave them in the package? If you keep toys packaged, do you have any specific criteria? So if I keep toys packaged, it has to be because it looks better in the package. Mm-hmm. That's the only criteria. So a lot of my Punisher stuff, because it's not superposable, sits mm-hmm. in the package because the packaging looks cooler. Hmm. It improves it. Another personal favorite is... Uh, a God, I can't remember which con, but anyway, it's a con exclusive of Captain Kirk from Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. and it's him with the bloody tunic, etc. And it just works better with the big like Star Trek slash Enterprise insignia <laughs> that he's sitting in, that kind of thing. It's mostly just for aesthetic. Yeah, you know, I don't keep them in for so it's worth more or anything like that. Cause I don't really care about that. Mm. If as a kid or an adult, you only were allowed to choose one toy franchise to collect from, which one would you choose and why? I think we both know. <laughs> yes. But the reason why I find this question funny for you is because you have such a love for the Punisher as a character and you, yeah, do- but it doesn't matter. And he's the, you know, he's, I like a lot of the Marvel Comics characters, don't get me wrong. I like a lot of, you know, I've got different Batman Beyond figures, for example. Anytime mm-hmm. they get around to releasing a Terry McGinnis and, yeah. and other series and that kind of thing. But, no, it's, yeah, it's still Transformers. <laughs> I mean, I still think they are some of the best toys. Even the stuff being made now. Yep. That, granted, like, I lean towards the third party stuff part of that's character part of that is there is no mainline yeah yeah and part of it and the mainline stuff is getting so damned expensive that it's almost cheaper for me yeah Uh, so yeah there's it's all it's a combination of different things but even without that the transformers being released now are awesome so true as an adult, do you prefer vintage toys or modern toys? Modern. So what I mentioned it before, like posability, that kind of thing. I yep. sell the G1 versions if I get a recent one I like more. Mm-hmm. I think it was off air. I was mentioning it. Yeah, you were selling something. Yeah, I got Siege Crosshairs. Yep. And I like him a lot more than G1 Crosshairs. So G1 Crosshairs getting sold. Because I only have a certain amount of room, and right. yeah, I'm going to display the stuff I like or that I think looks best. Mm. With the exception of, so that's one of my rules, is 
I can only have one of each character unless it's a favorite and the favorite classification is only like a handful obviously optimus prime and megatron you yep. essentially can't have just one no yeah. of them yeah but beyond that you know it's shockwave uh fort max and night beats and that's about it mm. i try to keep only one of a lot of the others even like rodimus prime I don't hey there's only one. there's only one rodimus prime anyone needs now hands down i just I have the DX9 third-party one. I like oh, it more, but yeah. You, anyway. You, have you seen Kingdom? Yes. Have you seen Kingdom? Like, literally, this thing is what I wanted as a six- and seven-year-old, like, 30, 40 years ago. Like, it took them 40 years I to know, make it's really run. nice. It's a great figure, but the <laughs> DX9 one's fantastic, too. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just no, no, no. I, got, I know you're not. Yeah, I know I you're not. DX, I got the DX9 one first. Yeah, it's DX9 carry. Uh, I got it first a, and then so b during that time I had the option and ability to get the repro labels and everything else put on them. And TA is gorgeous. Hmm. And the Siege one is gorgeous. Or sorry, Kingdom one is gorgeous too. I keep lumping them all in, by the way. Earthrise, well, it's Siege, it's the, and yeah, Kingdom. It's, 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 it's the trilogy. It's annoying. So, it's basically yeah. just one line. And so, yeah, I just call yeah. it either Siege or whatever. Yeah. Hey. Anyway. What is one toy you can always play with? <sighs> Since I got them, the third party, uh, I haven't been able to put them on a shelf yet. Because I just toy around with them all the time, <laughs> uh, including right now. Mm-hmm. But the uh, now I can't even remember the name. That's not good. It's the third party night beat that came out recently. Mm. Absolutely love it. It's not perfect, but a terrific representation. Yep. Why can I not remember the name? Anyway, there's a couple others, but <laughs> those. That's one. Uh, as a kid, you know, G1 Optimus Prime was kind of the. Mm-hmm. Kind of my jam. Yep. Even though there are always toy lines that people never purchase, are there any that you specifically and purposely, purposefully avoid? This can be toy lines, specific characters, etc. Oh, really? I don't think there's anybody or any of them that I specifically dislike or stay away from. Um, it's Fans Hobby Nightwalker. Damn it, there. I there you go. I could not live with myself without finding that, so I was looking <laughs> it up while I was answering. No, there's, nothing I spe- there's nothing I specifically avoid or stay away from. If I'm just not interested, you know, I don't buy it. Yeah. And if there's a line or something I'm not interested, even for Transformers, I just don't get any. But, you know, I don't get mad at people who like it or anything like yeah. that. I just, you know, it's not for me. Like, a lot of the Cyberverse stuff is amazing, and I'd love to get into that. It's fantastic. The yeah. Kids kids growing up with the Transformers are so lucky. They've got so many different lines and versions and stuff to choose from, if by some miracle they can afford it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I haven't picked up much of the Cyberverse stuff. Yeah. I was, it's funny. I always buy some, and I donate it to... We've got various charities around town that give to needy families so you know the kids get something for christmas and i always buy the cyberverse stuff and i always yeah. want to take it home and play with it instead 
that's also why I always make the drop like at the same t- time when I go to it's in the same building as the Toys R Us, thankfully, or else I'd run home and yep, start playing it with playing yeah, with it yourself. Bust it over yeah. myself. Are there any toy lines in the past or currently you wish you hadn't bought them? Are there any toys that you may have sold that you regret letting go? G1 Transformers. Never should have got rid of those when I was a kid. Uh, sold by Ninja Turtles at the same like yard sale, which, eh, I mean, I would have gotten rid of them at some point. I just wish I'd sold them for more. Uh, <laughs> those are the main ones. There's nothing I really regret picking up. Hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of ones I've never liked. <sighs> Some of the Transformers classics, like the early ones, mm-hmm. I know people love it, and I've never understood why, but <laughs> the big one for me is probably Classics Octane, and I can't remember. They couldn't use Octane. I can't remember his name now. But, yeah, that was one. Uh, there's not many. There's stuff I've sold, but I don't regret it. I don't know. Hmm. I don't regret purchasing it, I should say. Tankor. Classics. Transformers Classics Tankor. That was right. They couldn't use Octane as the name. Um, I don't know why. Never liked it. (laughs) His Universe 2008 figure is kind of cool. That's probably the one I'm thinking of, yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that is Tankor, yeah. Yeah. It's kinda um, cool, but Yeah, I'm weird. Yeah, I always liked I I always felt that some of some of the season three characters that got introduced never really got a good shot and then no one else will use them. And I think Octane is one of those characters because he never like he had the one episode with him and Sandstorm, like the couple of episodes and then um, Thief of the Night uh, yep. with him and Trip, with him and Tripticon hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how large or small is your toy collection? Do your toys take up the whole house, or are they relegated to one room, shelf, or something like that? Uh, they're on every flat surface. There's something. <laughs> uh, just looking around, like it won't necessarily cover them. But mm-hmm. every flat surface generally has a Transformer or Punisher or Batman or something on it. Mm. If you keep and track. Then, oh, go ahead. And then there's some of the large ones, too, by the way. I should note, like, uh, the second bedroom, the comic shelves, which are just <laughs> filled with the entire bookshelves are just comic trades. But on top will be some of the large Transformers, like my super oversized uh, knockoff Predaking, uh, which I adore, or Armada Unicron. And yeah, you're about to ask me uh, what it is in numbers. I have no idea. I used to keep track. I don't have a clue. Anymore. Yes, if you keep track, how do you keep track of your collection? Yeah, I've pared it down. Like, I don't bring in anything without essentially getting rid of two. Mm. Like, I have a bunch of rules. And then the other rule is if I find something or something like that, or essentially if I wasn't aware of it or I forgot about it, I have Mm -hmm. to sell it. 
That's mm-hmm. kind of the rule I made for myself. So stuff doesn't just sit in storage or yeah, whatever. How do you display your toys? My favorites are in cases and they are the Ikea clear glass cases. The dead tops, yeah. Yeah, and I've lined the front and back with LED lights, and the LED lights uh, have a remote, and I can change the colors and everything to them, so they're multicolored. And yeah, that's how the my favorite ones are displayed. So the Transformers, a lot of the third parties, including like my absolute favorite third party Transformer, are in the cases. Uh, there is one case which the top level is just Punisher statues and stuff. So stuff, ways like that. That's most of it. If you could only keep one toy from your entire collection, what would it be and why? Yay, alright. One I haven't mentioned, and he's one of my favorite characters, which I did mention earlier. It is a third-party toy and it is perfect effect warden uh he is better known it is the idw version of fortress maximus ah yes i adore that figure i think it's one of the best third-party figures it is one of the best i don't know it's just he's phenomenally posable he has a design that I never thought they would actually be able to do. And they eventually released an upgrade kit for him, which added sort of the, a little more height to his legs and made the leg guns a little more prominent. I don't know. I just love it so much to the point that I ended up unloading the, actual like original fortress maximus Mm -hmm. because i liked this version so much more right and yeah i just it is one of my favorites uh looks fantastic and he's on the shelf with my other ones that are my favorites which is i mentioned dx9 carry which is a third party rodimus prime that i'm gonna make you look (laughs) look at pictures of as soon as we're done and then uh, sort of one of the other best figures ever released for Transformers, which is official and it's masterpiece Optimus Prime, which is just he is a near perfect figure. Masterpiece Optimus? Are we talking MPO one or are we talking MPO four? I'm talking about I have the initial like MPO four. I have more than one version of it. Of the <laughs> Japanese one, they released one in America with the battle damage, which I ended up getting rid of that one, and I got because I hated the battle damage. It was kind of lazily applied, frankly, and so I was able to get one without it, and really like that. So yeah, those are the ones. Those are the main ones, but yeah, Warden is, ah, God, I love that. And I smile slash feel good every single time I look at the guy. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, DX9 now, and he is very, very cool. I just... It's the fins on the back. I prefer that they're a little bigger. 
I've always liked that weird sort of like back fins too. The the wings, yeah. Yeah, whatever you want to call them, the wings, the, the fins, yeah, the, whatever. Yeah. And I like how prominent they are. I also like that he comes with the larger like sniper rifle, which is a little more accurate to the show rifle because you can mm-hmm. also like make it a little smaller. Also, the rifle is a target master, a reference to the fact Hot Rod was a target master at one point. So mm. I don't know. I always like that. I don't think there's a wrong yeah answer or anything because yeah kingdom Rodimus prime is fantastic yeah it really is really really is uh, let's see here's the toy box challenge you get one 18 by 18 by 18 box the only toys you can keep have to fit in the box what can you pack into it man i just mentioned uh, three of them there you go is that yeah, the only I mean, the only ones that'll fit? <laughs> oh, probably. No, I mean, I'm pretty sure I could get a few more of uh, the Masterpiece ones in there. I tell you what, we're mentioning Hot Rods and Rodimus Prime and the like. Uh, the third-party IDW version of Rodimus is absolutely fantastic. And now, of course, I can't remember his name either, but... Uh, uh, no, there's no chance I'll remember that one. All right, anyway. Um, so there's that. Uh, the third-party Night Beat. He goes in. Uh, that's about it. There's no chance my oversized Predaking is going to fit in. Because <laughs> so, I, yeah, Pred- I love that one, too. But, yeah, he's just he's not fitting in. Not with yeah, anything else. So. No, he's way too big. Way, way, way too big. Are you a Funko fan? No. I mean, I don't have anything against them, but I think they are great for the niche stuff. Yeah. Stuff that I don't think will necessarily see a re-release, although some of the Funko stuff I've been surprised by. I mentioned to you before Darkwing Mm -hmm. Duck. I never expected Darkwing Duck to get reissues or new figures so i'd picked up the funko ones um so yeah that's a good example yeah i don't have anything against them i've seen some people that are just real nuts (laughs) about not liking (laughs) them which i don't get it i don't see how it affects you if people enjoy them but hey yeah but yeah just for the most part they're not necessarily for me yeah, I mean, for me, and I, I said this in my episode, I say this in almost every episode of Toycast Origins. For me, Funko has never been like, oh, I want to, like, yes, as long as they make Transformers ones, I'm going to try to buy them, you know, kind of thing. But for me, it's about characters that I would not normally see yep. ha- have an actual toy. Like, I'm sure back in the day, when Home Alone and Home Alone 2 and all of that came out. I'm sure there was some sort of toy, doll, whatever thing. But the fact that I can sit here and look at a regular version of Kevin McAllister and a Target exclusive here in the U.S. uh, version where it's him in his uh, winter gear when he's walking home from the store, when Harry and Marv chase him, so he's got his hat on and you know, he's he's holding his whatever he's holding. And then, you know, you get things like uh, Christmas Vacation with Cousin Eddie and, and Clark. 
And in the original, the original Clark Griswold, he's holding the reindeer mug, and it looks like it has the eggnog in it. There was an FYE exclusive where it's him in his winter gear, and he's holding the burnt-out sled from the sled scene. So for me, and I will say this every single time, maybe next time I'll use different examples, because I can always use different examples. For me, that's why, why Funko is so great, is because they're making things that normally would never get an action figure line kind of thing. What's funny to me is some of the stuff that became in that I thought I would end up having to look at a Funko for or something like that. And then, nope, turns out that it's really popular. My favorite example of that probably is Gargoyles, which all of a sudden has got just a ton of merch to the point that there's a board game with miniatures and everything else now. But it's nuts to me that that is so fondly remembered because it came out to, you know, essentially before internet was Mm -hmm. normalized. So I guess I didn't know how big the fan base was for it. And apparently Disney didn't. Uh, And yeah, now (laughs) it's everywhere. It's yeah, it is very much everywhere. What was the most money you spent on a toy? Mm, So non- Toy-wise or figure-wise, uh, spent three hundred dollars getting the Hard Hero Unicron statue, and then for actual toy though, mm-hmm. I think Warden with the upgrades cost me about mm-hmm. probably just shy of three hundred as well, and part of that was because I jumped on getting him which i'm kind of which i'm glad i did but because of that i paid a lot more than i would have if i had ordered through a different site basically mm-hmm. i bought him through an american site and it cost me an arm and a leg because of that because shipping and then yeah. uh i got smoked on, it's one of the few that i got nailed on uh <laughs> the, at the border oh they no didn't, they didn't mark it as a gift or as something to, that would be sort of duty-free. And so, like, I had to pay for that, which, mm. oh, I got smoked on duty on that one. Jeez. It happens every once in a while when I order stuff from the States, like Transformers, but usually it gets through without a problem. But, oh, well, I don't care. Mm. Still money well spent. Still love it. There you go. What is the best deal you ever got on a figure that may have been worth quite a bit more than you paid for it? Uh, the best deal was probably I got a Masterpiece Starscream for under 50 bucks. I would end up selling it a, like a few years later for about 200 bucks because I got a Starscream I liked more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no. That worked out really well. It was during that weird time where Starscream, Masterpiece Starscream was on clearance everywhere in the States. Yeah. And everybody had all these extra ones. And then a couple years later, it just he became harder to find and people were going nuts trying to find it. I still remember telling the guy, like, are you sure you're okay with, like, paying this much for it? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm still getting a good deal. All right. (laughs) Exactly. What modern and or vintage toy lines are you currently collecting? Transformers. That's it? I mean, even then, the Transformers stuff is kind of, I'd pick and choose. It's got to be a really good figure or a character 
that I really like because I'm really happy with kind of where I'm at. I used to have this thing and God, I mean, you probably tell back in the TFYR days, <laughs> that kind of thing that I thought to be a fan of something, I had to have merchandise of it. Mm-hmm. I had to spend money on it or something like that. Yeah. And I've kind of grown up that, no, you can be a fan of something. You just have to enjoy it. It doesn't matter how much money somebody spends. Like, nobody's going to accuse me of not being a Buffalo Bills fan. But I don't get to go to the games very often because, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, over the border. Yeah. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get there and back. And then I got work on Monday. So, exactly. but nobody's going to nobody's gonna say, like, oh, you're not a Bills fan. Like, if they do, they're dumb <laughs> they if do they not do know you, me at all yeah i was gonna say yeah they do not know you they at have all. not spoken to me yeah ever so yeah. no i mean i kind of so i've kind of grown out of needing stuff all the time so i just sort of collect and it's kind of relaxing now it's more of a hobby instead of a compulsion to prove that i enjoy something and for the transformers it's just kind of looking at characters and figures that really interests me. So, for example, one of the more recent ones that I really like, Kingdom Megatron. And when I say Kingdom Megatron, I mean Beast Wars Megatron. Right. I always wanted Beast Wars Megatron when I was a kid, as in the original version of him. Mm-hmm. But now with the re-releases and with the new figures, I kind of took a look at both of them, and I grabbed the actual Kingdom one, not the re-release. And it's right. fantastic. And it's a character I always wanted one of because I loved that character. And so, yeah, I picked it up. Same with uh, Kingdom Dinobot is another good example. Dinobots had a bunch of good of figures over the years. None of them that great, we will say. And then finally had a masterpiece, which is fantastic. Yep. So Dinobot's on my list of guys that I can have more than one of. Uh, but he also finally got a good like mainline transformer. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about Hasbro now, and we'll talk about that here in a little while, where it's like <clears throat> they are now at a point in the company's history, and they are now at a point with technology and, and building and you know tool and die and all that, where it's like, hey, we can actually make. Not to say that the toys at the time, 26 years ago, were horrible, but... Yeah. They're limited by the times of what they had back then. It's tough because today we went to Walmart and they have an entire display of Beast Wars Tigatron. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a nice figure, but for the same price beside him are the Kingdom figures, which frankly are a lot more poseable and look more accurate. Now, obviously, Tigatron's... Not the best example because he doesn't have one, but I'm trying to think of who a good example uh, is because there's some good. Rhinox is close, but having said yeah. that, the Beast Wars Rhinox figure is awesome. So, so this when we originally wrote some of these questions, they were written before the pandemic. So do you visit toy shows or conventions? When you visit toy shows or conventions, do you have a typical methodology? Do you bring a certain amount of money for what you're searching for kind of thing? How do you deal with that kind of stuff? 
Or do you just yeah? So <laughs> no, I definitely go. Uh, I absolutely adore cons. Uh, we were talking about it again last night. We actually had one uh, back in November when things had completely quieted down briefly mm. here, and I got to go, and it was fantastic. It was great to go out again. In terms of money, just whatever I can, I usually it's somewhere between like four and eight hundred bucks. Uh, I take with me because I mean I'm also trying to buy comic trades because it's a good place to get yeah. out of print ones and stuff like that. But it's frankly, yeah, the first thing I look for is always the Transformers, and for no, it's always the Transformers. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's definitely always Transformers. No, that's the first thing I check every single table for on my first go around. That's true. There's nothing else. I guess unless there's something super specific I desperately am looking for or I want or I haven't seen. But no, it's no, it's always them. Even if I'm not all that interested in looking at them, I don't know. There's something about seeing them. Like the con I was at had uh, one of the Technobots complete, mm. complete in box. I oh, have wow. no interest in I, yeah, I had no interest in buying it because I've got versions of them that I'm happy with. But it's still pretty cool to see. I just enjoy looking at them and kind of remembering what it was like to see those on the shelves in the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's there's an enjoyment in that. I like seeing the vintage Ninja Turtles stuff, too. Same sort of reason. It's kind of cool to see. Yep, absolutely. A lot of it's the packaging, too. I feel like, I don't know. I said before, I'm not, the packaging <laughs> isn't what makes me buy a figure or not, because I don't, I don't care about it. But I got to say, some of the earlier stuff, it kind of drew your eyes to it a lot more efficiently. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's why I asked that question is because, and I asked that question to everyone, is because, you look at the old Turtles packaging or the old, specifically the old Transformers and Masters packaging, they had full-on artists doing, you know, there's that whole famous scene of Metroplex with all the yeah. Autobots and Decepticons and everything else. Around, you know, so packaging, it... I'll say, that, I'll say the artwork now is actually better. I would mm-hmm. argue that. But the whole aesthetic of... Siege, Earthrise, and Kingdom, it's a sort of like dull the colors are very dulled. It's supposed to be, you know, dark and they look beat up in the pictures and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't lend itself as well to some of the like the colorful artwork of the eighties and early nineties. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think it is about our generation that causes our childhood toys to mean so much more to us than, say, for instance, our parents' generation? Kind of miss cons. Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it comes from... I have no idea, honestly. Well, I mean, (laughs) I think it comes from the fact that we actually had toys, action figures when our parents were kids in the 60s and 70s. It was, you know. Yeah, we were also kind of our generation was the first time where they were allowed to directly market to us. So every toy had a television series. 
and that's not always for the best. But the <laughs> ones that have hung, that's true. But yeah, and in terms, of, it's kind of insidious. I mean, to be blunt, like it was all about marketing that kind of thing. But the stuff that's hung around, like Transformers, is a great example. Has hung around because there was a love and a quality to it that Hasbro couldn't quantify a and b they couldn't ruin and i think that's a lot of it and for our parents for example i'd say i'd argue that's sort of similar too there was just fewer options like star trek is still around yeah you know 60 years later yeah and star trek is a good example actually too like that had a lot of items for it and that means a lot to people yeah. but yeah i think it's different now because we have so many more channels and then in the 80s there were so many shows like i said before everybody had a cartoon show yeah you'll find somebody whose favorite toy was exos squad or thundercats or one of the shows that hasn't gone or series that hasn't gone steadily thundercats yeah. is one of the example good examples because every few years or so or essentially every decade i'd guess you could say it gets some sort of reboot and so far they really haven't taken hold and i'm not trying to knock the series or anything but yeah that's different from transformers which never really went away the closest it went was g2 to beast wars there was a bit of a lull yeah and then after that it has just never stopped well with thundercats the thing is it ran from 87 to 8, or 85 make sure i get this right 85 to 89 and then they had the reboot in 2011 and then yeah, they it disappeared for quite a bit of time yeah and then they had i mean i'm sure not necessarily ljn but some other whatever something came up with some sort of anniversary thing or whatever else but thundercats has never sadly been a it never turned into a franchise of 40 years of constantly like transformers is constantly reinventing itself we went from g1 to g2 to beast wars to beast machines to because the one i haven't talked about because it wasn't as big in my area and i think it's probably because i'm from canada not the states <laughs> but gi joe is an example gi yeah. joe hasn't even it hasn't been as steady it no. gets rebooted every few years but then it kind of goes away again yeah gi joe has i think let's see real american hero for the cartoon they had resolute they, I, I'm thinking, I'm mixing it up with Extreme Ghostbusters, and I know that's not a thing for GI Joe, but yeah, it, that would it's be. Just... I mean, that would be interesting. Maybe we <laughs> could finally yes. figure out if maybe, maybe we could finally Joe. figure out if Duke was supposed to die or not in the movie for real. No, anyway. You really want to try? You really want to trod that? Oh God! Oh Lord! Ah. Uh, <laughs> We just got a call from the hospital. Duke's okay. I mean, he got stabbed through the heart. I mean, it was pretty. <laughs> they they animated it like he was dead, and I know he was supposed to. Optimus Prime kind of ruined everything. So, anywho, that's because he's the worst leader ever. Uh, what 
is your motivation for purchasing toys to display, play, fiddle, describe your collecting style? Are you a completionist, storyteller, cherry picker, or otherwise? Cherry picker, and it's got to look cool. <laughs> if I think it looks awesome. I have some Spawn figures that I couldn't really tell you much about, despite I've got a decent amount of knowledge of Spawn. But some of those McFarlane figures just look awesome. Mm-hmm. Even and Sarah this, has like some of the McFarland stuff, and we don't even know what it's from, but it just looks cool. Have you ever purchased a toy for a child with the ulterior motive of playing with it yourself? No. No, we don't have any kids or anything. I don't buy. True. I don't buy fun toys for the cats. Uh, <laughs> I I told the story earlier. I mean, I buy the Transformers every year, and I wish yeah. I could play with them because yeah and then you donate them yeah yeah some of the cyberverse ones like i said are just awesome do you do any toy modifications or customs painting building build dioramas that kind of stuff i do not sarah will paint miniatures and stuff like that for the board for my board games and things but i do not i do not have the i don't know I don't know if it's... I was about to say I don't have the technical skill or anything, but no, I could do it. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have the time, I guess, is the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. Between all the podcasts I'm having you doing, working and life and anyway. Video, yeah, my video, yeah, game video games. Yeah. Uh, my love of yeah, figures, uh, reading comics, yeah. and playing uh, Marvel Champions and other board games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think toy companies should specifically have adult collector toys, child toys, or find a way to mix both? I feel like they've done a good job of all of that. I mentioned Cyberverse, mm-hmm. and I haven't jumped on it. I know people who have, and it's gr- they love it. It's great. Some of those si- figures are fantastic. And then Hasbro's got you know the Kingdom and the other lines, so... I feel like they have already sort of separated them. And in terms of if they should or not, if there's enough support for it, obviously, you know, I don't think there's yeah. a point to doing the other stuff. Uh, I will say I do not like a lot of the collector stuff Hasbro's been doing in terms of there's something really gross to me about a multi-billion dollar company asking for money on crowdfunding. Uh, I, it's kind of icky. I don't know. Not a big fan of that. And I know they did it with Unicron. I understand the reasoning, which is they're worried about mass producing these figures and it's expensive and that kind of thing. But to me, the crowdfunding should be kind of kept to smaller companies and independents and the like. It's kind of, I don't know. It just feels kind of gross when you see somebody who clearly has the money and could easily afford it. Yeah. I agree with you in an overall sense, but with special items like Unicron, like Victory Saber, that they're actively promoting that to, like, that's not... See, see, Victory Saber I'm more okay with, though, but, I mean, everybody knows who the hell Unicron is. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Like Victory yeah. Saber, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to knock him or the fans right. of him. 
Yeah. But he's definitely not as well known as Unicron. And true. There are people who maybe haven't kept up with Transformers or remember or whatever, but they remember, you know, Orson Welles as Unicron mm-hmm. from the movie Yeah. Thirty five years ago. I don't know. Yeah. That one to me, I just just Yeah, if they're I don't know. My feeling is just if they're doing a limited run of something that is to use a different example from Hasbro, the GI Joe stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that they're doing a really nice version of the carrier, mm-hmm. I am perfectly okay with that. Cause I think that's a huge sort of niche collectible. Yeah. But again, like Unicron really, you know, Transformers is a multi-billion dollar franchise that doesn't go away at all. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny that I, you know, I can think of all of the major ones that have been done so far. Unicron was crowdfunded. Both Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain were crowdfunded at Mattel. I remember Snake Mountain was like five, same as Unicron, five, six hundred dollars. You know. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm more okay with stuff like that too, like. Uh, He-Man's another example of he has until recently not sustained success. And again, it's unfortunate. You know, I loved the 03 series. Mm -hmm. That is still, that's still probably my favorite series overall. But until recently, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't much. And so I was okay with Mattel doing the crowdfunding. They're also not the same size as, who the heck owns Mattel now, actually? I think Hasbro may actually own them. No, Mattel is still its own thing, I'm pretty still sure. Their own? Yeah. Okay. I'm, no, I'm okay with that, because they're smaller, too, and I don't know. I can kind of live with that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Mattel is its own thing still. They are, yeah. They have a lot They've, of subsidiaries, but... Yeah, they, they changed, like, distribution things. That's why most of the He-Man stuff now you can actually find in stores because they're not doing the club stuff anymore, but that's a whole other discussion. I'm not wrong. Yeah. Hasbro tried to buy them. So yeah, they did. I'm I'm just saying it didn't work. No, it didn't happen. No. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a, my parents got rid of my toys story. No, I did. I wish I hadn't. I sold, uh, I thought I wanted to get a Super Nintendo more than anything else at the time, so I sold a lot of my old Transformers and He-Man and Ninja Turtles. And to be fair, like I don't, I don't regret getting rid of the stuff that's not Transformers. I regret that I didn't get more money for them because X number of years later they're worth a lot more, and I had some mm-hmm. rare stuff. But, uh, nah, yeah, that's the main one. It's me. It was my <laughs> fault. The worst was uh, selling comics collection. Oh, boy. Uh, for a girl who had, like, we ended up breaking up not too long after. But, like, oh, that one hurts because I had a, some rare stuff in that. I had, yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Do you feel you are coming to an end of your active collecting? If so, what has signified this phase for you? Was there ever a moment when you were done with toys altogether kind of thing? 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, in terms of the active stuff, I don't know. I'm less active than I used to be. Uh, there's a joke there, but that's not what I'm going for. Uh, <laughs> I'm, less, I'm less active collecting just because I kind of have most of what I want, you know? Uh, and then the other thing, you know, we talked about it last night. Uh, the prices are insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's thirty six ninety nine for the Kingdom figures and for like the Beast Wars re releases. Which oh boy, that is those Beast Wars figures initially were, I want to say like twelve or thirteen bucks Canadian and. Now the you know selling for thirty seven dollars essentially plus tax like ugh oh jeez the prices are a nightmare uh, yeah Rodimus, Kingdom or sorry uh, Kingdom Megatron for example sixty nine ninety nine is seventy bucks mm. uh, and I got them from Toys R Us which still exists and is still going strong up here yeah uh, and just yeah it's uh, the pricing is is bad and. In terms of frequency and that kind of thing, I mean, that's dropped, but that's pandemic-related. Yeah. So yes and no. I mean, I still keep an eye out. There's still stuff that I see and pick up. What is something that does not have a toy of it you'd love to have in toy form? A good night beat from Hasbro? Um, <laughs> God, there's not a lot left, is there? Like, I would have said, no, I mean, I would have said, you know, Gargoyles is one, but all of a sudden, there's some really good stuff. Uh, The, geez, seems like everybody's got, seems like everybody's got them again now. I can't think of anything. (laughs) What is a toy that you'd love to have scaled up and functional for real world use? Love to have my own Optimus Prime. I mean, <laughs> imagine driving that around. Yeah. 
That would be be interesting. The only downside is if he transforms with you inside him, I could get yeah. some. Yeah. But he but he wasn't bad because the cab doesn't really move much, so <laughs> you'd probably be safe. Well, uh, I don't know. We we did have that whole thing where uh, in one of the episodes he did transform with Spike inside his, his cab or something, and that didn't really. There have been several cartoons that have actually uh, Prime. Miko was hiding in the back of Bulkhead, and she, and you know, she ended up puking all over him or something because of his transformation in the cartoon. But anyway, it's something. I mean, we didn't do a Transformers-related podcast recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I'll bring up, but you mentioned it. Uh, although different series, but it's something that just occurred to me again too. Uh, the passing of Derek Wyatt is yes. heartbreaking. Yes, I loved Transformers Animated. It was on the air when I started podcasting on TF Wire. Mm-hmm. And the first season was up and down, but man, did it get better. And the show, the toys, and his passion for it, it was mm-hmm. infectious. And it's so sad. He was so young. Yeah. Uh, uh, Steve and I had mentioned it, and I talked about it briefly on all things Transformers, and I was actually going to talk about it here as well. And, yeah, I mean, that guy, he was so awesome. I only, I think he has three toy cast appearances, and most hmm. of them were with him and me and Callie talking about Callie's Puggle Formers at the time back in, hmm. you know, 2010, 2011. But, yeah, Derek was awesome awesome dude gone way too soon kind of thing yeah and his i mean he loved transformers it wasn't just this yeah, yeah it wasn't he, just this line that he worked on it was more no than yeah no he loved the whole franchise he has said as yeah. much he he grew up with it as a kid and you know he loved the entirety of it. So, and you know, he said in several other interviews that people have done with him specifically, specifically some of the TF con stuff. It's like, you know, he had his dream job. His dream job was to work on the show that he loved and the franchise that he loved. And he got to do that. And, uh, I remember part of that interview, I forget which video it is, but, uh, you know, he, he would go he would go on to tell the person, you know, because Sue Blue was the the casting director for Animated, he's like he would go up to Sue and say, Can you get this person? Can you get that person? Can you get this you know, that's how we got Judd Nelson as Hot Rod for the Erotimus as, you know, the first like two seconds before Oil Slick comes in with some cosmic rust. But yeah, no, Derek was awesome, awesome dude. How has your spouse uh, dealt with your collection? Good. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about my collection, dear? Okay, she says I think I've I think you've made great strides. There you not go. Sure that, not sure what that <laughs> means. Anyway, <laughs> no, she's good. Uh, I haven't taken over the house. I'm working on it, but <laughs> toy collecting is no, fine. <laughs> on our toy- on our first date, she 
was able to correctly identify a transmetal two Megatron. She had uh, she had Air Razor. Oh, awesome! Very cool. Toy collecting can have its struggles. What is one aspect that you tend to struggle with the most? Used to be money. That was the biggest thing, right? Especially during the early 2000s when a lot of the Generation 1 stuff was getting re-released for Transformers. The internet was really starting to kind of take off. And again, this was an era where I thought I needed stuff to prove that I liked something. Mm -hmm. So I needed Futurama figures i needed you know needed the generation one transformers etc etc even if it was stuff i wasn't super interested in or that i knew weren't great figures or stuff like that and so yeah that was tough and i was balancing you know working some of my first jobs and that kind of thing and going to a comic shop and paying hundred hundred and some odd dollars for Japanese G1 reissue. So not my finest moments in terms of finances, but eh, I got better. There are future automobile Funko Pops. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, nowadays I think it'd be, uh, no, I was about to say nowadays it would be easier, but no, because I just mentioned how expensive (laughs) the actual Transformers are. True. Very true. What is one positive and one negative memory you have with buying toys? Hmm. Positives is all of it right now. Like I look around and I love the stuff I've got. I don't know. Just sort of freezing joy. I think it looks awesome. House looks hmm. cool. Very cool. Some right? stuff on the shelves. Negative memories. Uh, hmm. I mean, my childhood sucked, so I try to avoid that. But <laughs> okay, what? It was no, no, no. I'm but, just just saying. Okay, that's yeah. That's probably why, like the nostalgia, and I got a weird love hate relationship with the Generation One packaging, things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. If so. Basically, and I know what the answer to this is going to be, but <laughs> Hasbro gives you the keys to the kingdom. What is one toy you would want to create? Yeah, good night, Pete. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because everybody else, you know, eventually got one. There have been good shock waves in different lines, like mm-hmm. uh, TF Animated uh, Shockwave, for example, is really good. The most recent ones were really good during the siege or whichever, uh, anyway, mm-hmm. line yep. you want to call it, was really good. Uh, Fort Max obviously has a couple of really great ones. I'm surprised they haven't. I know they did some of the more than meets the eye characters from the comic into toys. Maybe that was a third party company that did that, but I'm really surprised that they don't take the more than meets the eye IDW comic version of Nightbeat and make a really good damn toy with him. I don't know. It's weird. They've picked and chosen some of the stuff. You'll notice mm-hmm. it's interesting to me, and this is something that you'll probably talk about in the future, at least someday in the future on 
on one of the Transformers podcasts, but IDW's had a weird effect on the entire franchise. Yeah. It's it's interesting to me. So obviously the stuff like Windblade's never going to go away. I mean, that was a new character that was established. Yep. And so yeah, there's stuff like that. There are some of the characters have kind of been brought back into the limelight. Like Chrome Dome and some of the others do not get re-releases if it doesn't if I, if IDW doesn't use he and rewind in yeah so yeah 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 absolutely I mean unless they're going to use them in something most of them are not going to get which kind of sucks yep oh well it is what it is. What is one piece of advice you would give the toy collecting fandom? Just enjoy it. Calm down. You know, <laughs> not everything has to be everybody. Not everything has to be for everybody. True. It's kind of like Funko's uh, motto. Everyone's a fan of something which to me basically means that everybody has their thing, but also not everybody has to like everybody else's thing kind of thing. Uh, what is one advice? What is advice you would give to kids who enjoy toys? Just enjoy it. Be yourself. Enjoy it. They are frankly very lucky now to me, at least in terms of the stuff is in Mm -hmm. like comics uh, this sort of nerd culture and everything else is cool now. You don't have to hide it. It's everywhere. It's so awesome to me to see people of all walks of life go to cons. You know, I am, as a you know 41-year-old white dude, in the minority at Comic-Cons, and frankly, that's awesome. Yeah. I think it's so cool they get to, you know, grow up and enjoy what they enjoy without the criticism or having to hide it or anything the way we did yeah and at I least think i that, did not necessarily i shouldn't speak for everybody, yeah i mean but yeah. there were plenty of kids in the 80s that felt that they had like there like there were plenty of us that felt that way at one point well not necessarily the 80s because transformers in particular was huge but definitely in the 90s yeah in the 90s, it was definitely not cool. And the early 2000s as well, too. Like, it took some time for... Well, yeah, by the early 2000s... Yeah, well, by the early 2000s, we were growing up. We have already graduated high school. We were either supposed to go to college or go into the workforce or do whatever because we're adults and we're supposed to do adult things now and all of that. And, yeah, the thing about pop culture and geek culture and nerd culture is that it has come so far, but it's sports now, like it was always cool to enjoy sports, right? Right. It always, yeah. It was always quote unquote cool to like the local team or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. And that was accepted. You were allowed to geek out and be a dork and be able to list, you know, the starting QB's stats from Sunday, and people would go like, man, that's neat that you know that. 
Yeah. But it wasn't cool if you knew like when the Punisher first appeared or what Wolverine's first appearance was and that, you know, he showed up in the Incredible Hulk comic and mm-hmm. before he even had his own and blah, blah, blah. Like that stuff wasn't neat. Now it is. And now people are interested in that. Or you can talk to pretty much anybody about the latest Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's great. I don't understand the people who are mad about this. I remember how damned hard it was to find merchandise or anything in the nineties for a lot of the stuff I liked. It just didn't exist. Yeah. Now I can get Punisher stuff at the local drugstore. I mean, it's <laughs> nuts. It's, it's nuts to me to think about that. And frankly, how neat it is. Man, I didn't know CBS started selling swords. I have CBS. What the hell are you talking about? Whatever. Anyway. It's a drugstore. Yeah, I know, I know. But. Anyway, but the, the point is drugstore, Punisher merchandise, and the fact that no guns, only swords. Anyway. We're going to take a quick break, come back to close the show after this. Because the world needs another movie podcast. The GeekCast Radio Network presents for your listening pleasure, The Cinema Geek. Hosted by Amanda, Kevin, Matt, and Dan. Each week we dive headfirst in the landscape of movies as we discuss movie news, play movie games, go in-depth on reviews, and even have a top ten countdown or two. Also, don't miss our director retrospective series where we review noted director's movies film by film. Bottom line is, if you love movies and love podcasts, you need to experience The Cinema Geeks. You can find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or geekcastradio.com. On the Simplistic Reviews podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk. Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spots sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Car, car. Download the show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. One of the primary themes of ToyCast is that we focus on times past. We are who we are today because of the nostalgic memories and experiences from our childhood. Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for the toys that make us so addicted to nostalgia. Times Past Collectibles in Chicago, Illinois is your primary go-to collectible store to reclaim the toys that drove those memories and experiences. Specializing in action figures from all of your favorite toy lines like Star Wars, G.I. Joe, He-Man, Transformers, Silverhawks, Ghostbusters, TMNT, Mask, and more, get your dose of nostalgia with a shop run by collectors for collectors. Whether you are looking for loose G.I. Joe, Ice Cream Soldier, a packaged Leonardo, recent Star Wars Black Series figures, or an AFA-graded Boba Fett, Times Past Collectibles is bringing you back to your childhood. Visit the shop at 1450 North Ashland Ave in Chicago, just two blocks south of Ashland and North Ave. Call the shop at 847-830-1031 or email timespastcollectibles1982 at gmail.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Just search Times Past Collectibles because, folks, it's past time that you get your collectibles. Hey, it's Wes from Poppin' Off Toys. Wanted to let you know about poppinofftoys.com. We can be your number one source for Funko collectible figures 
to add to your ever-growing collection. If you're in Nashville, Tennessee, we actually have a retail store that you can come by, 5916 Charlotte Pike. And for the rest of us, poppingofftoys.com is always open, and you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. And the name is just simply Popping Off Toys. Thank you so much, and always keep it popping. What was that universal greeting again? Never mind, I remember. Ba weep grana, weep ninibong. Hey guys, it's Rodimus Primal, and be sure to check out my YouTube channel. Join me as I have Transformers discussions, retrospectives, toy reviews, and more. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rodimus Primal, as well as Facebook and Instagram at Rodimus Primal Show. Transform and roll out, and be sure to check out my content till all are one. Last big party of the summer, folks. Let's go out with a bang. All right, folks, we are back here on ToyCast, episode 142, with Ryan, the uneven flow. Do you have any final thoughts before I run through the closing, sir? Like what you like. Don't be a dick. On that note, thank you for it's joining true. us. That's the, that's the main uh, sort yeah. of thing. Like, uh, no, absolutely. And I was worse at that when I was younger. But then I got older, and yeah, you you don't like the toy line or the toy or the comic or whatever that's out, that's out now, if there's one thing I've learned is you can just wait a bit and there'll be new ones. Yeah. Everything that's old becomes new again at some point. Yep. And the same thing with me. It's like, you know, I see all this stuff. Like, again, I will use just as an example, not to pick on the franchise or to, I'm not picking on the fans of the franchise, but game of Thrones no interest. I don't care about Game of Thrones either way, whether it's good, bad, or I don't give a... I've seen 10 minutes of the first season's first episode, and that's... It was all walking, and I was like, okay, I'm done with this. And, you know, I can go on and find other things that I do enjoy, and just, you know... Just don't. It doesn't have to be either or, and that's become really frustrating. Hmm. Pro wrestling is a great example of it. You apparently can't, you know, like more than one promotion. But what doesn't make sense is it doesn't cancel it out. One doesn't just eliminate the other. So who cares if somebody likes something different? Just because I like Optimus Prime, it doesn't mean there's never going to be another figure of Goliath from Gargoyles. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Why would you be mad at, you know, one or the other? It doesn't make things disappear. It's always, uh, anyway, yeah. It took me probably longer than I'd like to admit to figure out that stuff. I used to get incensed or annoyed about just the dumbest things. But, yeah, it doesn't, uh, anyway, yeah. One doesn't make the other go away. It's so weird to me that there's this weird tribalism between toy lines and toy fans and stuff. There's so many people with irrational hate for Funko Pops. Just because there's a Funko Pop of Optimus doesn't mean there's never going to be another finger figure. So True. you don't like it, don't buy it. Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny that you mention WWE. I'm like, even though this is the uh, this is the toy show, I'm like, hey, wait, I'm podcasting with Ryan again. We still have to do WWE Volume 4 and Volume 5 from Boom Studios over yeah. on the bull. <laughs> I feel like that's the best. So if you're not into wrestling, there's you know more than one promotion now. Yep. 
there always was, but now there's two yeah. on television again and in significant light. And if you go on the internet just for funsies, you know, search WWE and AEW and people are going nuts <laughs> about like, oh, you, you can't say anything positive about one without somebody from the other getting angry about it. It's so odd to me. Yeah, it's people so are so incensed. And actually, a uh, great example for nerds too: consoles can't <laughs> say can't say anything nice about the Microsoft Xbox without PS5 people going nuts. Can't say anything nice about PS5 without the Xbox folks going nuts. Can't say anything nice about the Switch without you know. It's so uh, it's very exhausting. This is why I prefer PC gaming. <laughs> no, but you can't say anything about that, or else you'll hear about it from everybody too. It's so, it's yeah, it's just weird. That's I, that's the thing. It's like because we are now at a stage of the internet's lifespan where not only does, be, but it should be the opposite. I remember when I was a kid, right? You had a feeling of ownership. I needed to defend Sega or Nintendo or whoever because that was the only console I could get. Right. That's the only thing I would ever have access to. And so it had to be the best. Because yeah. if it wasn't, that meant like I chose poorly or <laughs> you're stuck with something that's not the best and I'm not the coolest and blah, blah, blah. But as you get older and with the internet, you have access to everything at your fingertips. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that I had a similar choice and i've told this story i told this story a few episodes ago when i did my own origins episode <clears throat> i don't remember when it was i'll have to look it up i think it was christmas of i want to say it was christmas of 86 because that's when master system came out but my mom took me to the local toy store and basically you know a, a month or so before christmas and said here make a choice and Whatever you choose, Santa will drop it off on Christmas. I'm like, oh, okay. I looked between the Master System and the Nintendo Entertainment System, and I chose poorly. And I ended up with a Sega Master System. Well, when Super came out, I was not going to choose poorly. And in Christmas of 92, I had a Super Nintendo, and I was playing Super Mario World for like 48 hours straight from Christmas Eve all the way into December 26th. <clears throat> Yeah, I chose uh, poorly a few times with stuff like that. So some of my favorites were I had a lot of the LJN licensed <laughs> NES yep. games because I liked, you know, the property or something. But yep. obviously we didn't have the Internet or anything to tell us that those games were crap. Yeah. But I would play them and try to convince myself that they were good. And I yep. look back at it now and I look at them and I, in my head I'm going, I do not have any good memories of playing this pile of crap. <laughs> I should have played something better, but oh well. Yeah, marketing exactly. worked on me. <laughs> That's the other thing, man. The marketing for all of this stuff over the last forty-something years of our lives, it marketing obviously is what sells the shit to us, and you know, it is what it is. It does, and it's funny because it shouldn't work. But then you look at <laughs> video games, which is probably the best example that somehow they do work because so many games get released in garbage condition or that are bad and somehow still sell a bunch of units before yeah. people figure out that, uh, gee, I shouldn't have bought this or, <laughs> gee, all those videos that made it look good lied to me. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much. Don't pre-order games. That's what I'm getting at. Anywho. <laughs> exactly. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us here on ToyCast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send any email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts, leave us reviews, please. Yes, iTunes is still a thing. Spotify and any other podcatching client you choose to use. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio for the network. It's at TFToyCast for the show. I am at TFG1. Mike, what is your Twitter? At Nightbeat. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also search out ToyCast or TF ToyCast over there as well. I deleted Next. Facebook. Oh, anyway. I did. Yeah, yeah, I know you did. It's okay. Uh, next time on ToyCast, no clue. I'm flying by the seat of my pants, folks. So we'll see what happens. It could be a Funko episode. It could be an episode where Josh the Floorburger and I talk about Something I don't know. For now, I am TFG and Mike with Brian, the Eddie Even Flow, me, guy at Nightbeat. Yes, him, that guy over there. Join us next time when we will be talking more toys here on Toycast. Cast.